esto.
Save it to your files and then airdrop it. I'm sorry.
church family. Morning, church family. Uh, are we ready for some church this morning? Are we ready to praise the Lord this morning? Well, again, hello, church family. Those in this house and those watching by live stream, we are so pleased to have you in God's house today. Amen. I am Brother, uh, Brother Wicks, and this is my wonderful wife, Pearl Wicks. Thank you. And we are your worship leaders this morning. Now, uh, it, it, is, it is a blessing to see each and every one of you. Now, today is a celebration. Right? Reverend Reginald M. Buckley has served as pastor for K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church for 16 years. 16 years of service. And his wife, Dr. Dr. Lucretia Buckley, has been right by his side. All right. All right. That's that's what I'm talking about, Pastor. Now, 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 when we normally hear about the term 16, we, we, we add a little something to it. We give it a little extra meaning. We put a little extra sauce to, the, to, to add a little flavor to that. When we normally hear the term sweet 16, oh, what a time of celebration. That's a time of maturity. That's a time of introducing yourself to the world. Now, today, we're not talking about maturity. We're not talking about the appreciation of a teenager. We are talking about the following for our senior pastor and his wonderful wife. The sweet 16 we celebrate is 16 years of service they have given to this church and to this community, the 16 years of sacrifice they have shown, the 16-year purpose to God's house we have seen, the 16 years of leadership the pastor has given for God's people and the 16 year of love he has shown for us all. Amen to my wonderful husband, Daryl. But we save love for last. And the reason being is that without love, you cannot unselfishly walk in faith, which our pastor and first lady do every day. Without love, you cannot unselfishly give and sacrifice, which our pastor and first lady do every day. You cannot unselfishly show your purpose, and people can't truly see what God has put in you without love. And I dare say that our pastor and first lady show us every day by their love to each other, but by their love to this church and to this community. So for today, with the Lord's blessings, we're going to have some church in here because that's what pastor will want. You all know that. That's right. This is an appreciation of what the Lord has given and done through leadership for the benefit of his people. And we are faithful followers of a faithful leader. Today, July 30th, 2023, in recognition of his dedication, dedicated and faithful service, and with gratitude, love, and appreciation, we proclaim and commence this 16th year pastor's anniversary celebration, honoring Reverend Reginald M. Buckley. Amen. 
Let's give them a hand. We've already asked you to let's have church. So please join us as we praise, praise and worship the Lord. We will follow our service, and next you will see the Alumni Youth for Christ, followed by the scripture by Joshua Duvall and the prayer by Brother Ben Davis. Thank you. Be 
Good morning. The scripture for the morning will come from Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verses 6 through 8, and they may read as follow. So that we might boldly say, the Lord is my helper. 
and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come this morning, Lord, with praises on our lips and thanksgiving in our heart. Lord, first we just want to just say thank you. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come out and assemble ourselves one more time. Now, Lord, we want to take this precious moment you have granted us to praise you for the love you have shown us. And today, Lord, we're gathered here for a celebrate a special occasion in our church. Lord, we remember your goodness to us and the work you started in us 16 years ago. And Lord, we're witnessing the progress of that work today. Lord, you said in your word in Isaiah 66 chapter in the second verse that you, you look for one who is humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at your word and is eager to do your bidding. Thanks to you, Lord, we have a pastor that meets that today, Lord. And this morning, Lord, we just want to pray that you would draw him deeper into your love. Lord, give him the stamina that he needed to keep serving you, Lord, and to lead this congregation. Lord, we pray that you would help him to preach the word, Lord, in season and out of season. Lord, especially in times like these, Lord, when people don't want to hear sound teaching. They'd rather find teachers, Lord, to suit their own fancies and wonders from the truth. Lord, we're just here to praise you, Lord. And Lord, we ask you just guide our pastor in what is right. Lord, we let them know that where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst. And Lord, let us not forget the first lady this morning, Lord. And don't forget the children, for they too stand in need of your blessing. Lord, bless her, Lord, to do your will. Lord, we pray against the enemy, against any attack on marriage. And Lord, remind her daily that her value, Lord, that she have to you, Lord. Lord, we ask you just remind her, Lord, that she is where she is and why she is there. Lord, let your peace and joy abide in our heart. Now, Lord, we thank you for these guests that have traveled from far and near, Lord. We just ask that you just bless them, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would just bless the pastors that's on the roster today, Lord. Lord, bless this community, this city, and this state. And Lord, bless this congregation, Lord. Lord, we just ask you just let us be thankful in our hearts that we may love you, Lord, that we may prize you highly, that we may hear you with reverence, and that we may improve our lives, Lord, accordingly. And Lord, let us understand your word, Lord, not only understand it, Lord, but meet the requirements by our deeds, and daily increasing our faith and in our good works. Now, Lord, as we begin this program, Lord, we ask that you just stay with us, and Lord, be with us till we finish. Now, Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Key Chapel. Good morning. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 15, it says these words. Say, I will give you, pastor, according to my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, God has given the pastors a heart to love God's people. Today we will be celebrating our pastor and his family's 16th year anniversary. In a few moments, I will be telling you three reasons why we give in this church. But today, we're going to add number one, four. So we're going we're gonna to put this, because I might forget that, because I'm, I'm already ahead of things, all right? 
So our pastor had been here with 16 years. Now, I know that you all realize that this man must be inhuman for all the things that he does. It seems like he never get tired, he never get wore out. But God give him strength. Today, we want to show him a special love and commitment to him and his family for all that he has done. And I believe we all can agree right here at this church, a place where we come to worship, come to grow, connect, and to serve. So we all ask him to $75 worth of love to our pastor. That's for the adults, members or non-members, and also for our children. You can just show your love any amount that you want to show. Amen. All right. Well, it's ties and offering time. This is the time where we all get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. Here at Cade Chapel, we fully understand that to fully worship God does include our offering, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cade Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. The first reason why we give, it demonstrates our obedience to God's word, the second reason is a sign of giving thanks to God for providing all our needs. And the third reason why we give here at Cade Chapel is simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here through our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through Cade Chapel. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can use the traditional envelope system. You can mail that in, or you can drop it off by the office. You also can use the K-Chapel app. Now, for those of you that are with us on live stream, we also want to give you the opportunity to bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the QR code or the number that's on your stream. So, how much you give, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly, or of necessity. For God loves a God bless you.
Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious, gracious Father, which art in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this day, for this celebration, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all the love, Lord Jesus, that we have received from our pastor for 16 years, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given this congregation. And, Lord, for the gifts that were given today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all the cheerful givers, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you. We pray, Lord, that these gifts will be used to uplift your kingdom. These and other blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Born in K Chapel. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine but a cut, crushed spirit dries up the bones. Just like doctors and nurses, Christians are to take care of the sick. When you serve others, you are doing the same thing for Christ. Give your time and comfort to people who need comforting, and in doing so, do all things for the glory of God. Let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. And guess what? As of this morning, I did not get a report of any deaths. That is a blessing. Amen. But we have in the hospital, nursing home, or in rehab, Miss Rosemary Stuckey, Deaconess Minnie Ellis, Brother Benny Larry, and we have recovering at home, Mrs. Annie H. Alexander, Sister Wilma Jean Chaffee, Brother Herman Porter, Sister Sarah Cooper, Brother Charles Hodge, Brother Joe Lowry, Sister Gloria Greer, Mrs. Jessica Lee, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Sister Bonnie Scott, Brother Jeff Simmons, Sister Irene Shepherd, Sister Deborah Letbetter, Brother John Sanders, Brother Aaron Thompson Jr., Brother Levi McBride, Brother Al Levy, Sister Shirley Swims, Brother Al Buchanan, Brother Sammy Henderson, Sister Dorothy Jones, and Brother Jerome Thompson. We also have these coming for prayer. Mr. Melvin Scott, the husband of Sister Bunny Scott, Cos Smith, Miss Janet Sherrod, Mrs. Carolyn Jackson of Montgomery, Alabama, Mr. Reginald Duvall and his wife, Tawana Duvall of Houston, Texas, Mr. Jeffrey Donald of Mableton, Georgia, and Mr. Richard Duvall of Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, Mr. Richard is the father of Driscoll Duvall. And as I always say, as you travel during the week, pray when you can, visit where you can, and Thank God that you can. Amen. Well, let the church say amen. amen. Come on, let's say amen again. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. Amen. amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of prayer one more time? I say anybody glad to be in the house of prayer one more time. God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. Amen. I know it's our anniversary, but this is the Lord's day. 
I said, this is the Lord's day. Anybody come to worship the Lord God Almighty? Anybody know God is a good God? God is a great God. He's a merciful God. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Bless his name in the sanctuary. Bless his name. Oh, ye people. Hallelujah. We thank God for this day. Listen, we not only thank God for, for, for this day, we thank God that we are a growing church. One of the indications of a growing church, and I say it all the time, uh, if you don't hear any babies crying, you might be in a dead church. Amen. If you don't hear any babies crying, you might be in a dying church. And so I'm always excited uh, when we can celebrate young families and crying babies. Come on and say amen, somebody. Amen, amen. This baby, I hadn't heard cry yet, though. Amen, <laughs> amen. But we're thankful we want to dedicate uh, this new uh, child, this new gift to the Lord. And we want to ask the Turner family, if they will come, the mother and father and, and grandparents, you come with us as we dedicate this new gift. Amen. This beautiful gift unto the Lord. Come on, come on. Come on, let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Look at that beautiful baby. <laughs> Y'all, this, this is Dallas McKenzie Turner. Dallas McKenzie Turner. Amen. Amen. Beautiful baby and a beautiful family. We thank God. Amen. For all of you coming and sharing with us. When, when this family joined us, uh, Miranda was carrying this child. Amen. And then uh, they, they said to me, they said, we want to we dedicate it, but it's pastor's anniversary. I said, listen, let's get this child dedicated this Sunday. Amen. 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 So if you will, if you'll turn around and face me and then I'm going to come down uh, in just a few moments. Amen. What, what we know here is that baby dedications are, are wonderful moments of celebrating who God is and what God does in our, in our lives, in the lives of our families. I always say that the dedication of a child is as much for the parent as it is for the child. Uh, because what it's saying is that as a family, you're promising to bring this child up in the admonition, look at her smiling at me already, in the admonition of the Lord until such time that she comes to faith for herself and can declare for herself that Jesus is Lord, you will do everything in your power to make sure that she knows who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. And so we celebrate this day with you, and as a church family, we will be praying for you. I'm going to re make just a couple of statements and ask these questions. And if you agree with them, we ask that you respond by simply saying, we do. Amen? Do you now dedicate your child to the Lord who gave her to you, all surrendering all worldly claims upon her life in the hope that she will belong wholly to God as parents? Do you promise to do that? Do you pledge that as parents, with God's help, that you will bring up your child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, making every reasonable effort with patience and love to build the word of God, the character of Christ, and the joy of the Lord into her life? And lastly, do you promise God helping you to make it your regular prayer that by God's grace, this child will come to trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of her sins and for the fulfillment of all his promises to her, even eternal life. And in this faith, follow Jesus as Lord and obey his teachings. Amen.
Let us pray together. Our Father and our God, we do bless you and thank you for this wonderful gift. For this family, this father, this mother, and this child. Oh God, now bless her. Father, we pray that every promise, every purpose that you have ordained for her will be fulfilled in her life. Oh God, we pray for this home that it will be fulfilled and fulfilling for her and to her. God, we pray now for this extended family that they will be a source of support and encouragement in good and in challenging times. Oh God, that they will be bound close together by your Holy Spirit. Now God, we dedicate this child to you. You gave her to them and we give her back to you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Do what you will in her life in the name of Jesus. We love you and we adore you. She is yours. Thank you for giving her to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Ain't that wonderful? Amen. amen. All right. Next, next we will have an anniversary tribute by Mr. Joe and Mrs. Bridget uh, Redmond. Everybody looking around, I did the same thing when they asked me to come up here. <laughs> um, you know, everybody hear my father speak all the time. Um, you know, when Miss Bunny McNeil Harris asked me to do this, I really thought she wanted me to come in and escort somebody in, so I jumped on and said yes. <laughs> I think I put myself in a situation I'm not used to. But we're going to um, try our best to give a tribute to the pastor that we love, that you all love, in our own words. Um, yeah, like they said, I'm Joe. They call me Little Joe. This is my wife, Bridget, my lovely wife, Bridget. And hey, it's our time now. We ready. So we are here today to express our gratitude to Reverend Reginald and Dr. Lucretia Buckley for 16 years of service, dedication, and sacrifice. Thank you, Reverend Buckley, for answering a call that was placed on your life at an early age. I can only imagine how you felt as a high school senior trying to decide on majoring in English or law, all the while wrestling, <clears throat> excuse me, with the calling to preach the gospel. Thank you, Reverend Buckley, for acknowledging that calling when you opened your dad's Bible to 1 Corinthians 9 and 16 that read, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Thank you, Reverend Buckley, for accepting that calling 
when you receive confirmation from a cafeteria worker while a graduate student at the University of Illinois. My God. <laughs> Leaving Illinois to return to Mississippi could not have been an easy decision. McKay Chapel would not be all that it is today if it were not for you. The acquisition of 28 acres of land, the Youth for Christ, my ministry, the establishment of the first of its kind collaborative concert, the symphony in, community, in the community, all made possible because of your vision. Your commitment to growth is evident in your role in developing the 81 unit senior citizen complex K courtyard, as well as your involvement in the board of directors for the Hines County Economic Development Authority. You have demonstrated the ability to lead with boys and passion, not just here at Cade, but also while serving as the president of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention of Mississippi. You have shown courage in taking a stand for just causes without sacrificing scripture. Thank you for your adaptability and vulnerability that you display when leading and guiding us over the past 16 years, but especially during the unprecedented time seen during the global pandemic. Many of us were struggling with loss of jobs, loss of loved ones, isolation, and depression. But you showed unparalleled strength, resilience, and determination to help restore hope and continue to spread the word of God. You show others how to shepherd sheep you could not see. We are eternally grateful for you, Reverend Buckley, as our shepherd that lights up a room, shifts atmospheres, and carries inspiration just by being you. Well, let me tell you, mine ain't like that. It ain't quite like that. We're going to abbreviate this a little bit. This is a quote a wise man once said. What I am as a pastor, I know I am because she's my wife. She's the mother of my kids, and she's the love of my life, and I could not do anything without her. I was very clear on that. The wise man, Reverend Buckley, was speaking. This is one of your words. I might not say it right. Vis viscerally about the first lady, <laughs> Dr. Lucretia Buckley. He would go and describe her in only one word, simply amazing. An amazing wife, mother, and friend. Finding someone who thinks otherwise may take some, some searching. Thank you for declaring to Reverend Buckley that where he went, you would go. Sacrificing your career as a math professor at Purdue and leave your established way of life in Illinois to move back to Mississippi before retirement, but before retirement age. Could not have been an easy decision, but Cade Chapel is very appreciative that you did. The times you've rearranged your own plans just so your husband could support us during times of grief sickness or pain have not gone unnoticed. The support you've given him so he could be a present help during the recovery from natural disasters or an ally in the fight against societal injustice has not been disregarded. Your strength as you, consistent, your strength as you consistently adapt to ministry demands all the while juggling your own career and managing the responsibilities of, a mother, of motherhood does not go unrecognized. Your selflessness it's inspirational and extends beyond us here at Cade Chapel to the community, through your annual book drive, the city, the state, through support of St. Jude, the nation, through your support of donations of villages in Africa, and the kingdom of God as a whole.
thank you both for 16 glorious years. It is our prayer that God keeps you here for many, many more. And when Satan tries to deter you, remember, God is big enough, he's strong enough, and he knows enough to handle all the things that we don't know or understand. Thank you. Amen. What a lovely tribute. You know, my mother used to say, it's just good to know good people. And I can tell you that Reverend Reginald and Dr. Lucretia are just good people. And they're pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> At this time, we will have a um, musical tribute by Sister Alicia Bell. I'm sorry, we'll have first the introduction of speaker uh, via video then a musical tribute by Sister Alicia Bell. After that, you'll hear the- A native of Monticello, Mississippi. There we are. A resident of Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott is the senior pastor of St. Paul Baptist Church. He has pastored this historically significant 5,000 disciple strong congregation since October of 2016. Preaching his initial sermon at the age of 11, licensed at the age of 12, and ordained at the age of 18 at the Oak Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Monticello. Dr. Scott is a graduate of the I Love Jackson State University with a Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science Pre-Law. From there, earning his Master of Divinity from Duke University Divinity School in Durham, North Carolina, and completing his doctoral degree at the age of 29 from the United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. The Reverend Dr. Robert Scott is an officer of the prestigious Hampton University Ministers College, serving as secretary, and he is a board chair for the Zachariah Alexander Community Development Corporation, which partnered with St. Paul Baptist Church to build an $18 million housing development for seniors and affordable housing applicants. He is an executive and general board member of the General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, and within the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education, USA Incorporated, he serves as a teacher in the Pastors and Ministers Division and as the chairman of the Scholarship Commission. At the centennial celebration of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity, he was the recipient of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Century of Excellence Award in Religion. And in 2008, he received the International Omega Man of the Year Award. Dr. Scott was inducted into the Morehouse College Board of Preachers and was selected in the inaugural edition of the Top 20 Young Preachers Under 40 to watch by the African-American pulpit. He is married to Pierre Sheree Scott and they are the proud parents of a daughter, Jordan Scott. A visionary pastor, preacher, and sought-after speaker, it is his desire to be a vessel of God and declare to a broken humanity that God the potter wants to put us back together Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome our guest speaker, the Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott.
Good morning, Kate Chapel, and good morning to all of our guests as well. Um, it's such an honor for me to be able to sing and to be the musical, do the musical tribute, Pastor and Lucretia, for you this morning. To be able to say thank you in this way, on this stage. You know, everyone speaks about the great things that Pastor was able to do for this church the last 16 years. Sweet 16. <laughs> and I can just share my journey the last seven years of your 16 and me being a part of this community, this faith community, and, and finding a home, finding a home for my soul. A home where I could grow, I could worship. I got to I've I've been able to connect with people in such a meaningful way. And then to serve, to come and share my gifts. Oh, and cultivate my gifts. Kate Chapel has been this home. And Pastor, you've been leading us. So I say thank you for for leading us. A leadership worth following. And I stand here just as a living testimony with my story of how your leadership has led me beside the cool waters and led me into the greener pastures of my life. It's not easy. And so we go through those dark times, but in that, even in those times, Kate Chapel provides resources to make sure we all are still headed in that direction of the brightest, brightest light. So thank you for shining your lights the way you have, for allowing God to use you in, in all the many different ways. You know, we, we see the great big things, but it really it, it changes our lives when we go home and we get to take what we learn from here and walk our journeys. I would not be able to do it without your leadership. Would not. So I thank you. And I just keep thanking you for showing me, directing me to Jesus. It's no one else but Jesus. <laughs> but you are that bright reflection of him down here. So thank you that we've been able to look at your family. You've been living a very public life. <laughs> We've been able to see Anna and Jonathan grow up and see what parenting looks like. See what a family, a healthy family looks like, very transparently. So for my generation, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for creating a space for us, a safe, safe, safe place for us to come and grow.
here to declare to you my past is over in you all things are made new surrender my life to Christ I'm moving moving forward oh, 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 oh. you have Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, 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 Everything that I was learning in this time gave me the tools to move forward and to change my life, to follow Jesus' example. And I said, Lord, wherever you take me, wherever you take me, I'm going to follow. Sometimes I don't see what it looks like on the other side, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your lead. 
And I started to do that with my pastor too, wherever he's leading, whatever his message is, I know it's for me. And I just want to encourage everyone, if you do not know what this man's leadership weight will take you, that's okay, because God has given him the vision. Yes. This is a leader worth following. He's not going to lead you astray. The shepherd is not going to lead your soul astray. So thank you. Thank you for being a vessel to do God's work.
give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Let me try that one more time. This is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the hour that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the minute that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to get somebody in just a moment. This is the second that the Lord has made. And we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads for a word of prayer so I can center myself on such a wonderful and august occasion. God, we come right now. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to celebrate and to commemorate the work of your servant, Pastor Reginald Buckley, his mate, his partner in life, Dr. Lucretia, celebrate their children, his vision, and how you've allowed for him to shepherd this great congregation. As we come at this moment, oh God, for the time of preaching, we pray that you will center our hearts and affections heavenward. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight for you're my strength and my redeemer and the people of God said amen if you know the Lord has blessed you on this day can you help me give God the praise that's so richly and rightfully deserving unto him you may be seated at this time we come and we reverence the Spirit of Christ that permeates and pervades this wonderful sacred space known as the Cave Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. And as we come to celebrate 16 years of Pastor Reginald Buckley giving leadership and stewardship to this wonderful and sacred space following his father who was here for many years. And so I come and I want to thank God for this wonderful privilege being able to share with you all on such a blessed occasion. We honor uh, our God, uh, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our comforter and sustainer, to your pastor and my friend and brother, uh, Pastor Reginald Buckley and his lovely wife, uh, Dr. Lucretia, and to their children, Anna and Jonathan, to Pastor Emeritus uh, Horace Buckley and his wife, Mother Buckley, uh, to the ministers of the gospel, to the deacons of this church, deaconess, other officers, members, visitors, and friends. I believe that I see uh, some of the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta in the house. Hopefully I'm not getting all that red mixed up. Uh, that are part of the Jackson, Mississippi alumni chapter. Uh, I am certainly delighted to have some of my family members that are here. Uh, my bonus mom, Mom Zanette Funches, and my sisters, Tammy and Trista, and Aunt Lois and Zach. Certainly good to see you all. And I believe I got a cousin here from uh, hometown of Monticello, Mississippi. Uh, hey, oh Lord, I got the whole crew in here. Oh, Jesus. 
The Funches clan is in the house. Amen. Thank you all for your presence. It is certainly a blessed privilege to be here. Your, your pastor uh, is setting the tone and tune uh, for leadership, not only as far as the church is concerned, but as far as convention is concerned across the width and breadth of this land. And I think, Kay Chapel, you need to help me to celebrate one more time your pastor, my friend and brother, Pastor Reginald Buckley. There you go. We could do a whole lot better than that. All the members of Kay, you need to be on your feet. There are very few, there are very few pastors and preachers across the width and breadth of this land that is a synthesis of gifted preaching and caring pastoral leadership. There are some preachers who don't need to be pastoring. <clears throat> and, and there are some pastors who can't preach but your pastor can do both <laughs> and do it quite well so you're blessed you're blessed um, uh, he is my friend and brother we've we've forged a friendship over the last several years and when I ran for president in North Carolina he was the template that I use as far as my candidacy was concerned. Um, and I have to thank him for his friendship. And uh, we've just really forged a bond. Now, he is alpha. I'm omega. Somewhere in the middle, Jesus meets the both of us. <laughs> Amen. Now, I will say this before I get to the text, that it was such a joy to have dinner with he and his lovely wife last night. The hospitality that you all have extended to me is so undeserved of me. It's been five-star, uh, but that's just the kind of person uh, that he is. Now, I do have an art against him, and here's my art. He came and did my anniversary last year in October, and Interestingly, Cade, he was trying to have one church <clears throat> in two locations. Um, uh, yeah, he was trying to have Cade Chapel Jackson and Cade Chapel Charlotte. Um, uh, yeah, he just totally disregarded all homiletical and pastoral ethics and act like the church was vacant. Uh, needless to say, I did not feed him. I put him on the first thing smoking back to Jackson. I said, you got to get out of here, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a blessing. Listen, don't want to hold you all any longer because if you're like me, y'all hungry. I'm home, so, you know, Mississippi is home. My hometown is 60 miles south of here. I'm, I'm home, and I feel the collective uh, essence of being back in Mississippi. Um, now, the only thing about me being Mississippi is that I can't hoop and holler and shut it down. Um, I'm just going to give my little Easter speech and call it a day. So, so if y'all looking for all that, I'm the wrong Negro to be looking at. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do what I do. Yeah, yeah. I want you to, if you wouldn't mind, calling your attention to Second um, Corinthians chapter 4. I want to read verses 1 through 6. If it's your custom to stand, you can stand. Um, and um, your pastor is a leader worth following. He's a leader worth following. And uh, with him being a leader worth following, it's a lot of stuff that folks don't realize that we as pastors have to deal with. It is my hope and prayer that I can shed some insight as far as that's concerned. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 from the New King James Version of Scripture. It reads like this. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservant for Jesus' sake. For it is the gospel for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who have shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want to preach for the time that is mine, exposed to God's glory. Exposed to God's glory. Several years ago, there was a movie that came out entitled Selma. And in that particular movie, John Legend and the artist known as Common have a duet called Glory, uh, for which they were able to win a Grammy. The essence of that song was to demonstrate the transformative, emancipating, and redemptive power of nonviolence against people who were violent so that segregation would be dismantled and voting rights would be secured in that place known as Dallas County, Alabama. The video of that song depicts scenes from the movie, especially the violent beatings marchers took on what we call Bloody Sunday, March the 7th, 1965, on the infamous Edmund Pettus Bridge. And if you listen to the words, you will see that what they were singing about that took place back then are some of the same atrocities we find ourselves facing right now. Jackson, Mississippi, Charlotte, North Carolina, the state of Florida, the state of Texas, Chicago, and various cities across the width and breadth of this land are still dealing with some of the vestiges of trying to overcome racism and uh, white folks trying to take us back, not to 1960, but to 1860. 
And if you listen to the words of that song, I like Carmen's rap where it goes, one day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. One day when the war is won, we'll be sure, we'll be sure, oh glory. The presentation of this song, Glory Mothers, is connected to the dismantling of segregation. For them, it is the eradication of unjust voting practices and poll taxes and unfair election examinations. Glory for them is the righting of the injustices perpetrated by a racist society. Glory for them is the capacity for black men and women to walk down the street and be treated as human beings and not be denied rights that are afforded to white American citizens. And God knows it was needed back then, and when you look at what's happening now, it's needed right now. But Pastor Buckley, I contend that glory is this, but it's more. Because glory is greater than the dismantling of wrongful police practices, the prevention of the resegregation of public schools, the diminishing of violence in our neighborhoods, or the stemming of the tide that is attempting to erase the minority access to the ballot box. Here is what glory is for the follower of Jesus Christ. Glory is nothing less than a manifestation of God's Shekinah presence. The Shekinah, like the rays of the sun, is in many places at the same time. So glory for us is when God reveals God's self in such a magnificent and miraculous way until you know it's nobody but God. It is like when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and he had taken Peter, James, and John with him. And when they get to the top of Mount Harmon, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was revealed in such a way until Jesus' clothes changed to a white robe that was so bleached until it literally sparkled. Elijah and Moses appeared beside him and the three disciples wanted to build three altars on that mountain. And they heard the voice of Jehovah saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. While I like the song Glory from the movie Selma, I think that Paul would have had an issue with one of John Legend's line when he said, one day when the glory comes. Because Paul will tell us that the glory has already come. And the war has already been won because of that man from Nazareth by the name of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is a living example of the redemptive, liberating, and transformative power of being exposed to the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I believe I got a few saints around K Chapel that know that Paul was on his way to haul Christians to jail and have them executed. Paul had a hatred for those who professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But on his way to Damascus, Paul was exposed to the glory of God when he had an encounter with the resurrected and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why you messing with me? Why you persecuting me? And, and Paul saw the glory of God and was blinded for a few days until Ananias came by and educated him about who Jesus was. The Bible says that the scales fell from his face and the blindness left him. And Paul made serving Jesus Christ the chief aim of his life. If you fast forward about 10 to 15 years now, Paul in the text is dealing with the critical, crazy, cantankerous Corinthians. Paul wanted to share with the church that he started his insights about doing the work for which he had been called. And I'm here to let you know, Kate Chapel, that the half has yet been told because ministry is hard work. Ministry is dirty work. Ministry is grimy work. Ministry is not for the faint in heart. Because when God places a call upon your life, pursuing your purpose can be hard. Doing God's work can be tedious. Dealing with cantankerous, crazy church folks will get on your reserve nerve. That's the nerve past the last nerve. <laughs> Preaching a gospel that falls on deaf ears in postmodern times is hard. And this is a calling not for whips, but for those who are commissioned and consecrated set apart and sanctified to do this work like your pastor. And Paul wanted them and wants us to understand that the work of ministry is significant and serious because too much is at stake. But I'm here to let you all know that there's a glory connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul has been reflecting on some of the things he has endured for the sake of the gospel. Paul was thinking about the time he had almost died. Paul remembered how he was shipwrecked, beaten within an inch of his life, had people forsake him, bitten by a snake, and ran out of town with the rocks being thrown at him. And if there was anybody who should have turned in their resignation papers, anybody that should have submitted their ordination papers to be revoked, it was Paul. I want to suggest that when you're serious about the work of ministry, there are obstacles and oppositions so daunting, so dreadful, until there are times you want to quit. And your pastor and I, we often have conversations. There are times we go like, Lord, are you sure that you called us to do this? Because ministry can be draining and daunting. Ministry can be troublesome and traumatic. And when younger preachers see where we are right now, they need to understand we didn't just get here. There are some tears that had to be shed. So Paul is addressing this Gentile church at Corinth that he established because they had the bold audacity to question his apostolic authority. Your pastor and I know that it's always the folks you do the most for. That's always got something to say. Help me preach this thing. But, but, but Paul stays the course because he's been exposed to something. 
that pushes him, drives him, and even compels him and makes him do what he in and of himself ordinarily would not want to do. Jesus says that if any person puts his or her hands to the plow and look back, they're not fit for the kingdom. Paul's capacity to persevere even in the most difficult of times is a sign that he had to have more than willpower. He had to have Holy Ghost power. And as Paul addressed these cantankerous Corinthians, he's letting them know that's what's pushing me is more than just passion. Uh, I've been exposed to the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, he said, I've seen Jesus face to face and it has changed how I navigate my reality. What, what happens when a man of the gospel, or a woman of the gospel, a preacher of the gospel, a pastor, what happens when they're exposed to the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ? Let me, if I could, give you my little summation and I'll be out your way. First of all, when you are exposed to God's glory, it will not let you quit. Since we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. In verse 1, Paul informs the Corinthians that since he is in ministry, watch this, God has shown him mercy. And since God has shown him mercy, he can't quit when he wants to. Uh, the going gets tough and uh, the mountains get high and the valleys get low and the path get rough and, and the mere fact that Paul is preaching and teaching and healing was to him a sign of the mercy of God in his life. Y'all remember that Paul had been a church fighter and now in the text he's a church planner and Paul wants them and us to understand there is nothing that qualifies him to stand and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing that qualifies him to write these letters that eventually become part of our holy scriptures. There is nothing that qualifies him to be the most quoted person of the Bible beside Jesus except God has been merciful as a matter of fact when you read it in the original Greek it reads like this Paul says he had been mercied now don't look at me all crazy and sedity and sanctified and like you've never experienced the mercy of God because every last one of us in here got to admit we've been like Paul uh, let me come and get on your road just for a moment. There is nothing in us meriting God's call upon our lives except God has been merciful to all of us. As a matter of fact, we owe our salvation to God's mercy. We owe our ministry to God's mercy because of the things we used to do and the things some of us still might be doing right now. Uh, we are saved, but God is still working on us. And like Paul, the mercy granted to us in the past should give us confidence in our present so we can press toward our future. So you and I can't walk around K-Chapel, Jackson, Mississippi, sticking our chest out like we're Superman or Superwoman. We have this ministry, not because of our personal accomplishments. We have this ministry not based upon our looks 
looks, style, Facebook profile, Twitter post, TikTok, or Instagram. We have this ministry not based upon the money in our bank account, the education, or the degrees on our walls, our race, our gender, or social status. God gave us this ministry because God has been merciful to us. Now I know where I am. I'm in Mississippi. I know where I am. We love to shout about the grace of God. Grace is God's unmerited favor toward all of us. In other words, God gives us something we don't deserve. And I thank God for God's grace. But I'm here to let you know I'll run up and down Ridgeway in the hot sun because of God's mercy. I see why y'all looking at me strange. Uh, a mercy is when God does not give me the punishment or the judgment that I deserve. All right, I, I know. I pastor your cousins in Charlotte. Some of y'all can't praise God on mercy because you think you all that and a bag of chips. But I know that God has been merciful to me. Do I have anybody at the K Chapel Church? that know that God has shown you grace, gave you stuff that you did not deserve. But I know I got a few more folks that could give God praise because he did not give you the punishment or the judgment that you did deserve. Since, 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 since God has been merciful to me, I can't quit. May, may, may want to quit, but, but, but I can't quit. And, 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 and since, since God has shown you mercy, you can't quit either. Do I have anybody that want to quit, but you can't quit because you know that God has been better to you then you deserve. So guess what, K-Chapel? You can't quit when folks dog you out. You can't quit uh, when folks don't like what you're doing. You can't quit uh, when folks don't get with the program. You sure can't quit when Negroes lie on you. You can't quit preaching, can't quit teaching, can't quit singing, can't quit serving, can't quit preaching, can't quit ushering, can't quit coming to church, can't quit working in ministry, can't quit dealing with the children, can't quit helping our youth, can't quit giving your offering because you can't get along with certain folks. No, you can't quit because God has shown you mercy. I really wish I had about 120 of all that would help me to thank God for his mercy. It soothes me every time I think about it. See, some of y'all just want to play church right now. Y'all trying to act all sophisticated and sadiddy and snooty. The devil is a lie. Do I have anybody in here that know you should have been dead, but you're alive? Can I tell you, that's more than grace. That's God's mercy. Should have lost your mind and gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's more than grace. 
That's God's mercy. You know you shouldn't be here right now lifting up holy hands and giving God praise. That's more than grace. That's God's mercy. You know you shouldn't be preaching. No, you shouldn't be teaching. No, you shouldn't be serving. No, you shouldn't be singing. No, you shouldn't be lifting up holy hands. Anybody know that's more than grace? That's God's mercy. See, 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 some of y'all getting ready to get on my reserve nerve. You want to act like you popped out of the womb, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, got Jesus on your mind. The devil is alive. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have y'all forgotten that the wages of sin is death? And if you know that God has been merciful to you, you better not quit when folks talk about you. You better not quit when they trip on you. You better not quit when folks dog you out. You better not quit when Negroes get on your nerves. You better not quit when things don't go your way. You better not quit when they call you everything but a child of God. Why? Because God has been merciful to you. Somebody holler mercy. They want to quit, but I can't. Let me, let me move on with my little Sunday school lesson. Easter speech. Lex, when you are exposed to God's glory, you will share an uncompromised word. Right there in verse 2, Paul, Paul had a problem with folks preaching a gospel that did not include Jesus. How, how you gonna preach the gospel and not talk about Jesus? And when you talk about Jesus, you got to deal with his death, burial, and resurrection. Because you do know that there are preachers that will give a gospel and will not mention God, Jesus, Holy Ghost, Calvary, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, or second coming. You might be told how to be a better parent, might be told how to be a better spouse, might be told how to be a better child or a better student or a better employee, but I'm here to let you know, you can get that from your counselor or your therapist. But when you come to the K Chapel Baptist Church, you're coming to be a better you in Jesus Christ. Paul shares three things that have been irking his nerve about a Christless gospel. Uh, Paul says uh, that they renounce the hidden things of shame. Paul was saying it's a shame for these folks to preach a gospel and hide their intentions. Because there are some pimp preachers That's not concerned about salvation, not concerned about ministry. All they want to do is make a name for themselves. I'm glad your pastor don't fall in that boat because Paul did not fall in that boat. What is happening today, I'm very concerned 
because we got some preachers, old and young, in today's society that's only concerned about making a name for themselves. They're concerned about how many clicks they can get on YouTube, how many likes they can get on Facebook, how many retweets they can get on Twitter. Uh, brother and sister preacher, it ain't about you. And the moment it becomes about you, you begin to start downward spiral into the abyss. Then Paul says, don't walk in craftiness. Now this is where I'm getting ready to get in trouble. Paul is saying, don't say anything or do anything to get a crowd. We got a lot of preachers across with the business of this land who would do anything and say anything to get a crowd. But pastor, you and I both know crowds love to hear Jesus, but crowds don't want to follow Jesus. Craftiness may get you a crowd, but craftiness will not make disciples. Then Paul says, handling the word of God deceitfully. Ooh, I know I'm getting ready to get in trouble. We got to be careful of these postmodern day peddlers of the word who will preach a syncretized gospel that is filled with new age spirituality that has nothing to do with Jesus. I'm here to let you all know or remind you because I know your pastor has already let you all know Jesus does not need anything added to him. Jesus does not need a new age spirituality. You don't have to add your horoscope to Jesus. You don't have to add tarot cards to Jesus. You don't have to add psychic readings to Jesus. You don't have to add Iyana Van Zant to Jesus. You don't have to add Dr. Field to Jesus. Can I give you all the best equation for you to navigate your life? Here it is. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Paul says in Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. When was the last time you shouted over your salvation? I ain't talking about your new house, your new car, your new clothes, your new boo, your new bay, your new honey, your new money. I'm talking about when was the last time you shouted over the fact that you were on your way to hell on a Learjet with some gasoline pajamas on and the Lord saved you from your sins. This, this, this new age, watered down, cheap, false gospel will not get you through the storms of life. Because you can't preach the gospel and leave Jesus out. And I've discovered that we've watered down the gospel when we don't take into account the birth of Jesus. The word becoming flesh. The ministry of Jesus the word being active. 
the sufferings of Jesus, the word overcoming trouble, the death of Jesus, the word not being appreciated, the resurrection of Jesus, the word being made alive, the ascension of Jesus, the word being exalted, and the return of Jesus, the word coming back again. Your pastor knows you can't develop disciples on programs. You can't do ministry using games and gimmicks. We need the word of God. And I know your pastor because he did it at my church. This is why we teach and preach the way we do, even though people don't want us talking about a bad word. Here it is, sin. Don't mention sin, pastor. Don't tell us about our crazy lifestyle. Don't talk about our unhealthy habits. Don't talk about our funky attitudes. Don't talk about our thieving ways. Uh, but we are called to handle the word of God in a way because one day we got to give an account to God for everything that's said and done behind this pulpit. See, 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 this is why you all need to thank God for your pastor. Because we got preachers today who will engage in what we call proof texting and eisegesis. There ain't nothing but a fancy word for, that means to take the Bible out of context. They'll find a text that supports their crazy theological assumptions, take it out of context, and try to make it fit what they want. God, deliver us from crazy-minded preachers and loopy pastors. We, we can't play with this word. Too many souls are at stake. We can't play with this word because eternity hangs in the balance. We can't play with this word because somebody needs to be saved. There might be somebody that comes to church Sunday after Sunday on the hinge of taking their lives. But because of the preaching of your pastor, they say, I'm going to hang in there and see what the end is going to be. There's something special about the word of God. That's why Isaiah said, that's why the psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's why Isaiah said, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. That's why John said in the beginning, what's the word? And the word was with God and the word was God. There is something special about the word of God. Lest I hold you too long, but here's the problem with us. Because you got some folks in the church that can't appreciate God's glory because we're blind. We're blind. That's in verses 3 and 4. We're blind. God delivers us from removing the blinders to his glory. However, if you can't see God's glory, it might be because you're blind. German theologian Rudolf Bootman puts it like this. Preaching the gospel presents people with a crisis of decision that is at stake two choices. God or Satan, heaven or hell. The enemy will keep people spiritually blind to the glory of God even in the church. Which means you can come to the church, still be lost because you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been preaching long enough and been pastoring colored Negro, Afro, African American, black folks long enough to know that the devil does not care if you like Jesus. 
just as long as you don't obey Jesus. The, the enemy does not care if you like Jesus, just as long as you don't give Jesus your heart. The, the, the enemy does not care if you love Jesus, just as long as you don't submit to the claims of Jesus. And I would dare say, now you may not have this okay, but I got it in Charlotte. We got folks that show up at church Sunday after Sunday, and they are still blind. Not physically blind, but spiritually blind. And I'm here to let somebody know being spiritually blind can be worse than being physically blind. Because I've discovered we got a lot of blind folks in the world, and God knows we got a lot of blind folks in the church. Mm-hmm. Fine and blind. Cute and blind. Handsome and blind. Muscular and blind. Intelligent and blind. Educated and blind. Rich and blind. Degreed and blind. Bible reading, scripture quoting, praise dancing, hand lifting, loud shouting, running up and down the aisle, and still blind. The reason, that, the reason why the devil has so many of us blind is because this gospel points to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And people in today's culture don't want to hear about the cross. To the Greeks, it was silliness. To the Jews, it was scandalous. To the atheists, it was senseless. To the postmodern, it is stupidity. But to those of us who have been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God unto our salvation. This is because the cross messes folks up. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't defeat the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire stuck around for another 450 years. Jesus' death did not stop the devil's schemes because some of us are dealing with satanic attacks right now. As a matter of fact, Jesus' death and resurrection did not even eliminate sickness from our lives because some of us in here right now are struggling from illness and pain. But I'm here to let you know that because he died on the cross, and because he got up from the grave, Jesus will give us power to deal with whatever comes our way. That's why I like that song that says, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. But now I see anybody at Cade been exposed to the glory of God. And the Lord removed the blinders from your eyes. And you can see a whole lot clearer right now. Am I talking to anybody in the house that can see God's amazing grace? See God's abundant mercy. See God's inseparable love. See 
God's bountiful blessings. See God's outrageous forgiveness. See some hurting humanity. See some wounded souls. See some broken vessels. But you see a loving father. You see a risen savior. You see a present spirit. Do I have any former blind folks in the house? They ain't afraid to testify that God has removed the scales from your eyes. And you're able to look at all the craziness around you and say, even in the midst of my chaos, God is still good and he's worthy to be praised. Am I talking to at least 203 of you all, I'll make 204, that can testify that when the blinders came off, you're able to give God praise in the midst of your pain because your pain became the propeller to push you towards your purpose with a sense of passion so you have the power to let the devil know you should have killed me when you had a chance. But since you did not, and since I'm in Cade, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times because his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I've held y'all too long. I held y'all too long. I'm sorry. I'm all over my time. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. I, I, forgive me. <laughs> uh, can, can I, can I, can I give one more thing? Here it is. When you are exposed to God's glory, you don't mind, here it is, telling Jesus' story. Text says, for we do not preach about us, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and we're his servants. This is not about our accomplishments, our accolades, or our achievements. It's ultimately about Jesus. That's why I love your pastor, because he brings it back to Jesus. See, if you go preach about yourself, you put yourself in the place of God. And when you put yourself in the place of God, a fall soon comes. And we got some preachers that think it's all about them. We got some musicians, Pat. That think it's all about them. Singers, we got some singers that think it's all about them. Yeah, I, I know y'all don't have this issue. I got this issue at the St. Paul Church. There are some folks that are under the crazy illusion that if they don't sing. I'm acting like I'm at St. Paul. I, I ain't supposed to be doing it. They, they act like if they don't sing a certain song. It ain't going to be sung right. The song was sung right before you got there, and it'll be sung right when you're dead and gone. I know I ain't coming back since I'm out there. Might as well go ahead and say that. I, I, I got, I, you don't have this at Cain. I got it at St. Paul Church. I got some folks in my congregation that really believe that it's all about them. Y'all don't have this problem here. Pastor Meritus, you, you, you don't have this problem here. Now, I got some folks who really think that if they don't show up, there'll be no worship. 
there'll be no praise and there'll be no teaching and there'll be no preaching and no serving and no giving and no mission and no ministry. Y'all don't have this problem here, but just in case somebody showed up, can I give you a piece of advice? Here it is. Die. Die. Give up the ghost. You know what they're going to do? They're going to roll your tail down here in a casket. A minister is going to come and read a scripture. Another minister is going to say a prayer. The choir is going to sing a couple of songs. Somebody is going to come up here and lie about how good you were. Pastor Buckley is going to do your eulogy. He's going to call for the undertakers to roll you out of the church and load you in the hearse, drive your dead body to the cemetery. Pastor's going to get out there and say, is that please the almighty and wise God to take out of this world the soul of our deceased person. We therefore commit your body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, looking for the day of the general resurrection when the earth and the sea shall give up his dead and that which is corrupt shall put on incorruption and that which is mortal shall put on immortality. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, blessed are they that die in the Lord, for they do rest from their labors. They're going to throw some dirt on your casket, come back to the K Chapel Church, go to the fellowship hall, have some baked chicken, fried chicken, green beans, mashed potato, sweet tea, red Kool-Aid, yellow pound cake, and find somebody that can do it better than you. I ain't playing with y'all. <laughs> we are not here to entertain you. We're not here to tickle your fancy. We're not here to scratch your itch. We're not here to pacify the spiritual narcissism that has become so pervasive in our culture. We are not here to feed your Walmart mentality of church attendance and participation. We are here to give God glory because we've been exposed to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, when you know Jesus, you imitate Jesus. When you know Jesus, you address the hurt of people. When you know Jesus, you're going to get your hands dirty. When you know Jesus, you love the unlovable and you forgive folks who have done wrong against you. When you love Jesus, you reflect Jesus. As a matter of fact, we ought to have so much Jesus in us that if a fly bites us, the fly will fly away singing, I know it was the blood. Let me go ahead and sit down, closing my Bible, closing my Bible, closing my Bible, lets me finish. You ought to have a problem being a bright light shining in a dark world because you understand it's not about you. Our ministry should be reflecting the life that Jesus gave. Yeah, our ministry should be reflecting the new creation we're becoming because we've been exposed to the glory of God. 
Y'all got to excuse me. Something trying to push me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that Paul got it. I know, yeah, that your pastor got it. And I believe I got a few folks at the K.A. Chapel Church that's got it. I believe I got a few folks who know that Jesus loves you just as you are. And uh, he came uh, to redeem you from your sins. Uh, yeah, because when you think about all uh, that Jesus did at Calvary, you can't help but sing uh, down at the cross where my Savior died. Uh, down where from cleansing uh, from sin uh, I've cried. Uh, there to my heart, yes sir, uh, was the blood applied. Uh, Glory, yeah, to his name. Y'all got to excuse me as I get ready to take my seat. But every time I think about that hill called Golgotha, every time I think about that bloody place called Calvary, Calvary, where our yoke was broken, Calvary, where our burdens were lifted, Calvary, uh, where our debt was canceled. Calvary, uh, where justice was vindicated. Calvary, uh, where our joy was made complete. Calvary, uh, where righteousness was satisfied. Calvary, uh, where our sins were washed away. Calvary, uh, where we were justified, sanctified, Purified, magnified, and edified. Is there anybody here that knows something about Calvary? Calvary, the place where God bridged the gap between heaven and earth. Calvary, the spot where our salvation was guaranteed. Calvary, where the devil was defeated. Calvary, where they stretched him higher and they stretched him wide. And is there anybody here that know he died? Didn't he die? He died until the sun refused to shine. He died until the moon had a celestial hemorrhage and dripped away in blood. He died until the earth reeled and rocked like a man drunk on Ciroc. He died until the stars fell from the silvery socket. He died until the cemeteries looked like plowed fields. He died until the Roman soldier had to admit, surely, surely, oh, surely, this must be the son of the living God. They took him down from that old rugged cross. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. And he stayed in the tomb all night Friday night. Stayed in the tomb all day Saturday. Stayed in the tomb all night Saturday night. Descended into hell. Set the captives free. But early, I thought I was in a Baptist church. Early, 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 early. One 
one Sunday morning, he got up with all power, all power in his hand. And is there anybody here that know he got all power in his hand? Good afternoon, K Chapel. May the Lord bless you real good. But I want to be like the songwriter said, oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice, cares I pass, home at last, ever, 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 ever to rejoice. Y'all got to excuse me, my soul done got happy. Y'all got to excuse me, my Mississippi don't come out. But do I have anybody in the cage chapel that ain't afraid to rejoice right now? Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for my weary soul, I have to give him praise. I have to give him hallelujah. Do I have anybody that ain't afraid? Lift up your voice, open up your mouth, throw back your head, and rejoice. Say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, yes, yes. Ain't it all right? Ain't it all right? Now, if you ain't too mean and you ain't too scared, if you're able, stand up on your feet, lift up holy hands, give God praise. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, say yes, yes. Everybody standing. Everybody standing. Maybe there's somebody in here that needs to be exposed to God's glory. There's somebody in here that has seen Jesus work in their life. And right now, you, you need to make a decision. The decision to walk with Jesus all the way. 
the decision to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. When you are exposed to God's glory, you can't quit. You can't do nothing but experience the salvation of God. How do you know that you're exposed to it? Because God has shown you mercy. He's shown you mercy every day when you wake up in the morning, able to see a brand new day. Today, you need to make a decision. If you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I urge you to come now. My, 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 did not our hearts burn? Reverend Buckley, I have the distinct pleasure of bringing a token of our love for serving us the last 16 years. And it's given with love. We know you can't pay you but we hope you make you happy for a little while. Yes. Uh, yes. So on behalf of the Cage Chapel family, All right. would you join us? On behalf of the Cage Chapel family, and his board of members, Bless you, sir. thank you for your service. Thank you, sir. Bless you.
I said I wasn't going to sing it in this, but I see my inspiration. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. I wish you would give him a microphone. I know he made way for me.
give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and in our Father. I thank God for you, Pastor Scott, for the powerful word you've shared with yes. us here today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. And for your words of counsel and encouragement that you give us on any given day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for making time yeah. in your schedule to share with us here at K on today. I thank God for you, K Chapel. I'm thankful for 16 years of service to God and to you. When I look back over those 16 years, which appear far quicker when you look back, my memories are full of many expressions of love, of kindness, of encouragement and support. And then there are these Sundays that happen once a year and you never cease to amaze us with your creativity that you provide this warm, heartfelt service. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the attention to details and for the heartfelt messages that were embodied in every single aspect. Praise God for this awesome worship service and I can honestly say it has ministered to my heart. Um, sister and brother Wick, thank you. Y'all are cool people too. Um, to the choir and music staff, thank you for setting the tone. That first song spoke to me. And to the praise dancers, I thank God for you, for your desire to worship, to come back from college. Um, 16 years has allowed Reginald and me to see people grow, right? We saw people dance where we saw them in elementary and middle school. This weekend at Nate Ruffin, we saw them come back from college. And um, it's just a joy to see the fruits of our labor and, um, and the fruits of the labor of K Chapel and the youth department and Sunday school we're doing a wonderful work here. And as the choir said, you ain't seen nothing. Uh, best days aren't here. You haven't seen nothing yet. I, I, and I'd like to also thank the, the Redmonds. They don't talk a lot. Uh, and, and the heartfelt, warm words, the details that you know, that you knew, and, and just the way that you encourage us to let us know that, that our work isn't in vain. Um, and then there's Alicia with that musical tribute. Um, I, I brought a half a pack of Kleenex. I, I put it in my purse and I said, surely a half a pack of Kleenex is enough. <laughs> and um, thank goodness someone in the choir stand, I think um, Sister Mandy Strong handed me another pack because a half a pack of Kleenex was not enough. Um, but thank you all for growing with us and for us, for you all allowing us to actively participate in your lives 
and um, that we would grow together and that we would grow this church and this community. I thank you for your demonstrations of love and we count our service here at Cade Chapel as a blessing and we count your support as a blessing. We praise God as we co-labor together um, for the harvest is plenteous and there is more work for us to do. May God continue to strengthen you. May he bless you abundantly that all we do would bring him glory. You said it all. And you said it well. Sister Bonnie Harris, Sister Doris Wright, to all of the program committee, all who work with you all as chair and co-chair to make this day and make everything about this day so personal, so meaningful as we celebrate God, to be able to celebrate the work that we do together. We count it a joy to not only serve you, but to serve with you. Yeah. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And I'm grateful uh, that after 16 years, we can say this is just the beginning. We believe that there's much more in store and that God is going to do even greater works. Greater works than these. He shall do in us and through us. And I can't wait to see all that he does for us. Amen? Amen. I'll have more to say next week because I started out with one handkerchief in my pocket. Then I had to pull this handkerchief out of this pocket. That's my show handkerchief, but it just got good. So let me stop before I get filled up because I ain't got no more handkerchiefs. Amen. God bless you. Mom and Daddy, thank you all for being here. Thank you for your, for your heart, for your love. My mother-in-law is here. My mother-in-law is here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mama, for being here as well. Amen. Yeah, that, that's the one who make the biscuits. I know Scott already. <laughs> I told him last night I'll eat up biscuits any day. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We thank God. Thank you all to all of our deacons, mothers, all of our officers. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. To this music staff, amen. Can we bless God for them on this morning? Bless God for our uh, youth for Christ. And, and I guess, I, as you said, they're, they're the college-age version of youth for Christ. But for them to still have a desire to serve and to worship God in, wor in worship, amen. We thank God for that burning desire, amen, amen. To all, all who I did not mention, you know I love you. Charge it to my head and not to my heart. All hearts and minds are clear. We are standing in for the benediction. Pastor Scott, thank you so much, my brother. Pastor Scott came. Y'all listen, let me just say this. Um, Pastor Scott, um, when, when I was being inaugurated uh, as president of the, of the Baptist Convention, he shared with me that, that uh, he, would, he would be here for the inauguration. It was on a Sunday, and... Um, I, I, I tuned in, you know, because I do what y'all do. You look at services you want to look at on Facebook and YouTube. Amen. And so I, I saw that he was in the pulpit at St. Paul in Charlotte uh, doing his service. And I said, well, that's my brother. That's my friend. He, he, he had good intention. Surely he's not going to be here this evening. And lo and behold, 
By the time it was time for us to walk into the auditorium, Robert Scott was in Jackson, Mississippi on his own dime. You're my friend, you're my brother, and I thank God for you. Thank God for you coming and sharing with us. Also, I understand Sister Sharon Ruffin is here. Sister Ruffin, where are you? Sister Ruffin is here. Where is she? There she is. Amen. God bless you. This is Nate Ruffin's wife, y'all. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for Sharon Ruffin being here and sharing with us. She was here over the weekend. We gave 10 scholars $20,000 uh, to go to school. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. 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 And so we thank God. Thank God for you continuing to share uh, with us. So now I think we're approaching about $250,000 that uh, the scholarship has, has afforded to scholars over these years, and we're going to do even bigger and better things uh, through that scholarship. God bless you. We love you uh, as you go back to your home. All hearts and minds are clear. Father, we bless you. God, we thank you for your glory, for sharing and shedding and showing your glory. God, we pray now that that, that glory would stay with us People who we meet will see that glory. Language that we speak will share that glory. The works that we do will be evident of that glory. Oh God, we bless you and we love you. Now, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Go in peace.